Hello and welcome to Change Cafe, an open chat about opportunity. Today I have with me Amelia Seleski, who's been a friend, mentor, and colleague in public transportation of mine for several years. Welcome, Amelia. Thank you, Erin. I'm glad to be here. Glad to have you on. Uh, we like to discuss, as you know, important topics in in terms of access and uh, hoping that everyone has access to them and you know how they can get access and why it's important. And today I'd love to talk about something that you know we both share a passion for, which is public transit. So uh, we'll, let's just jump right in and um, you know, you and I met uh, pretty much on board public transportation in North Carolina. We did. And I really love how our story starts. I was so new to public transit, and this was one of my very first promotions. I had identified that our area really needed to know about the transit that was available. So with the executive director, we had come up with kind of like a hide and seek game that I would be trying to grow the social media. And you responded to our Twitter page. And that's something I, you know, will say, you know, as you know, was in response to my sibling who you know, I was living at home with my parents at the time, and you know, my sibling was also there. And we were both adults, and um, you know, trying to figure out what we were going to do in, in adult life. And so we were using public transit to be more independent. And you know, saw your social media. I think you called it. Um, you know, where is Dot? You know, uh, otherwise known as the Department of Transportation. And um, you were this character, Dot, and, you know, asking people to engage with, you know, where in the world, um, you know, where on the bus routes you were, you know, in this place-based, you know, like you said, almost like game. Um, and, you know, we were giving feedback about using public transit, you know, my sibling and I, and, um, you know, we were also, uh, you know, playing the playing the game that you, um, you know, the contest based game that you were that you had, were facilitating. Yeah, that was a fun one, and I don't quite remember where we popped up, but I do remember that we gave you guys but a couple seven day passes. I think with some fun, just some fun stuff to reward the ridership. I had identified that it was a whole lot more important that we talk about where the bus went instead of how great the bus was. And that I think is important, you know, for several reasons, including, you know, that resources can the access, you know, along the bus route and that they're purposeful. They as in, like you said, the leadership of public transit authorities are, are purposeful about where they place bus stops so people can access, you know, where my sibling and I were going, which was to a community college success skills class. And 
um, you know, to the grocery store to buy food and necessities, to doctor's offices, to access healthcare. So, you know, even though it was something that was meant to be fun, your the contest that you hosted on on the bus bus routes, you know, we were going to you know fun places like the history museum. Um, you know, it was also there was a real meaning behind it. I found I find that you know looking back, amazing. I really found great purpose in that time as well because my personal story really did draw me to public transit. It's why I wanted to work at Greenway. And I still have my first bus pass. It I'll, I'll never forget that first ride because it really opened my eyes to the ability I would be able to go to anywhere I wanted as long as the bus was within walking distance. And that gave a kid like me who grew up in rural Eastern North Carolina with, you know, a 20 minute commute to the grocery store. That was a whole new world. That kind of freedom is irreplaceable, especially for $3.75. That's what that all they passed was when I rode in Florida. I loved giving that to our ridership. I so vividly remember sitting in the Transit Authority Central Office, Administrative Office, which where I would later work when I, uh, you know, assumed the position that you had in public relations at, in public transit and sitting waiting for, with my sibling, we were waiting for um you to come out we met you in person which is always interesting to meet someone who you've been talking with over twitter you know you just see that basically the top like their portrait picture and then you know you know you're like oh wait a minute you have legs you know like <laughs> there's a real, there's a real <laughs> exactly. person um, attached to you um and you came out with this giant bucket of goodies and candy and you know, bus passes and there's these plastic little like toy buses. And you know, it just really made my day that someone would would do that kind of thing for bus riders. And again, people, like you said, who, you know, why are they using the bus? Um, usually it's because they don't have, ordinarily have personal access to a vehicle of their own. Exactly. Or they need the assistance to accomplish the same freedoms. You know, the, the access that's granted through public transit, there's so much that it can really boost a community. It, one of the greatest things I enjoyed about working there, and I think you probably experienced the same, especially with your teaching background, was when I would travel train. I had one particular instance that I was travel training a class from one of the local high schools and the whole class went with me. We had, I think we had 27 on board that day. And that, that filled us up, the whole bus was full. And we rode all the way to the mall and 
it was fantastic to hear these kids so excited that they would be able to go get a, a job at the mall because they could walk to the bus stop. And that's a good feeling. It is. And especially, you know, if you want to talk a little bit more about travel training and what that means, um, but especially for, you know, who travel training is intended for uh, when it comes to the federal 5310 grant, which provides for education, rider education on board public transit and how to use the bus and and or rail. Um, you know, it, it's intended for people who have disabilities or seniors who struggle with access to resources and to transit. Um, and just providing those people with like the, the confidence to, to, to use this literal vehicle to their, you know, accomplishing what they want to accomplish, whether it's a job or healthcare access, you know, that's, that's incredible. Yeah, it is all about, you know, life, I mean, quality of life improvement. You know, when you have access to local resources, your quality of life improves. And, you know, I personally experienced that from having access to public transit, and I know you have. And that's really what mobility management, I think, is about. It's including travel training is from the bottom, from a person-to-person -person level, a mobility manager's job, the role that we had, I think you would agree, it, our job is to make sure that they have the resources they need to access our services, right? But it's not just on a one-to-one -one level, it's also making sure that we're reaching the network support system around that individual and helping eliminate the duplication of services across the board while still giving that superior customer experience, helping people overcome that fear of riding public transit, which sometimes I feel almost surprised by because there are a lot of people who fear riding the bus the first time. But I I remember riding the bus first time and I remember how scared I was too, so I get it. It it can be a little jarring. But Sometimes once you open jarring <laughs> when you're <laughs> yeah. bouncing up and down and you know it, the you know a bus is is larger is a larger physically larger phys physically larger vehicle that you know is susceptible and prone to more to more movement than a personal vehicle is <laughs> that's for sure uh, especially across west hickory right <laughs> which is very hilly you know if, if people listening don't don't know about western north carolina yeah western hickory it's got a great little great little town that we got to be a part of I really loved your Project Hope. That was fantastic. I admired seeing what you did with that. Yeah, and I'll, I'll say that for Project Hope is, was a, uh, it's, I should say is current, uh, present tense, because it's something that's still going and providing transportation to those who were 
often experiencing homelessness and staying near the, the, the soup kitchen in Hickory, which was in the urban core, the downtown area. And the soup kitchen director who I've, you know, sort of, I know, aligned with uh, Jesus, honestly, because he's he was just so moved to get people to help people. And he had this idea that if people were willing to work, he wanted to help get them to work. And transportation was one of the biggest obstacles to getting homeless individuals um, access to employment. And so he called the Public Transit Authority and others and had volunteer drivers as well um, from a committee um, called Project Hope again. And um, I was, you know, in that point in your shoes where you where you had been formerly, which is the public relations representative for the Transit Authority and, um, you know, helped to forge a partnership between the Transit Authority, between, again, some private volunteers who were willing to do some transportation in the mornings and afternoon for people who were staying in a soup kitchen and bring them to places of employment, um, usually manufacturing, uh, which, again, if anyone knows anything about Western North Carolina and the Hickory metro area, it's there's a lot of manufacturing. There's a lot of even still. Um, yeah, there is. There is. It, it, it's still very much a big part of the economy. And then it's paired with some incredible urban sprawl as well. So you've got factory shift workers and hard to reach places. And I think that's that's very difficult in an area that's also has a lot of rural communities where people are living in places that don't have a regular bus stop or bus route, you know, again, like you said, because it's so sprawled out. And so access to jobs, you know, if you don't have a job, you might probably, you know, have affording a, a car payment is also difficult. And so, you know, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? Yeah, and that's that's not even counting the shelter. You know, got to have the nest before you have the chicken or the egg. Oh my! Right, right. And so, you know, I think that's a great segue into, you know, if you um, would be so uh, open to sharing, you know, a little bit about more about your background um, of access um, through transportation. Well, just as simple as I can put it is I, I grew up in rural po poverty and at 17 had the opportunity to move to a more urban area down in Florida. And prior to moving to Florida, Transportation was a tremendous obstacle. It prevented me from even, you know, at one point actually getting my driver's license because I w 
wasn't able to attend the driver's ed classes. I, later on, I did get to go, but that's because someone else was going at the same time. If I didn't have a ride, it wasn't always easy for me to get places. Well, all that changed when I moved down to Florida and needed to get something. And my father was working and unable to to take me to that appointment. So he showed me how to ride the bus. That's why I still have that first bus pass because it really opened my eyes to my own independence. Opened my eyes that I didn't have to wait on somebody or be limited by somebody else as long as I could get to the bus stop. Right. And, you know, I'll say I definitely remember in middle school and high school, you know, when I, before I had a vehicle of my own or even, you know, we're, it, well, for high school, it was using my parents' vehicles and through college, um, you know, it was even just having a license, you know, was, was a little bit of freedom, you know, still having, still needing again to borrow my parents' vehicle. But, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's an, it's a, it's a amazing thing when you're able to, you know, if you use a big word, ambulate, you know, or, or you know, get, get to the bus stop, you know, use your own vehicle. Um, you don't, like you said, you don't have to wait on somebody. You don't have to sit on a bench somewhere or in the grassy field on the side of a road, you know, waiting for someone to come pick you up or wander around for 30, 30 minutes and just, you know, not know um, your, you know, your estimated time of arrival. Um, and so, uh, like you said, the independence is, uh, it's, uh, it's such a invaluable thing. And, and especially if you've never been without it, you, you just, you can't imagine it, um, because you can, if, you, if you've never been without it, you've always been able to push a button and, and go. Absolutely. And a lot of people, I think, do take it almost for granted, but Transit has so much to offer, more than just the independence, but like also stability, you know. There's a lot to be said if you live along a bus line and your car breaks down, you know you can still get to work no matter what. That kind of reliability is it's really crucial to success, I think. You want to have that support system around you. And I think transit is such a great example of a, a social support system. I think that's something, you know, I was just thinking about, you know, the, the, you know, all the services, the transit, public transit authority offers to a community. And, you know, again, thinking about it being a social safety net, you know, especially if you're, if your car is, is broken or you lost your job and you don't have a car at the moment, um, you know, it's not just the bus routes that, you know, part of the, you know, the public relations uh, you know, uh, initiatives that, that 
we undertook at the Transit Authority in North Carolina was to promote the the service called Man Response Van Service, and you know, especially now with you know modern technology and phone smartphone applications, it's become you know really you know a key player in helping people access resources, employment, and getting around. Um, you know, so what what is what would you what what how would you define demand response or you know or band service? Okay, demand response services. So in North Carolina, each county has a type of public service transportation that can be utilized for medical and for just everyday trips, like going to the grocery store and things of that nature um it's pretty easy to apply most of the counties in north carolina have established almost routes in a way but they should cover most of your county if you're in north carolina and while this is my experience is here in North Carolina, this is pretty typical uh, of public transit, that they do have some type of van service that is a smaller van, but more flexible to pick up more people. And then a lot of areas have a fixed route services. Those are the big buses you see around town. I think that's an important distinction to make because you know just the the terminology i think is is telling you know fixed route you know the 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 larger you know buses you know that that people see on you know going up and down especially a major thoroughfare at specific bus stops you know it doesn't really deviate from you know what said you know route um, which is what a route is by definition is it's a regular you know, linear path uh, of something. Uh, whereas, uh, you know, like you said, uh, the van, the van response service is usually a smaller vehicle people see with a public, a public transit name, public transit authority's name on the side of, the, of a smaller van vehicle, you know, bringing people to specific trips, you know, specific people on specific trips. And, you know, now here in Washington, D.C., I see that Metro Accesses, which is what they call the demand response van service um, in the DMV metro, um, you know, around all the time, you know, bringing people from home to work to, you know, wherever they want to go. Um, and a lot of times, um, you know, in larger metropolitans and, um, you know, in modern times, again, you can even use your smartphone um, to coordinate uh, you know, a, a need for a ride. So and I, I will say that, you know, to kind of loop back into, uh, you know, our discussion about Project Hope, which was, uh, again, a Hickory project um, in North Carolina that provided transportation uh, for people who, you know, were staying near the soup kitchen and, you know, needed a ride to and from uh, an employment place in the mornings and afternoons that, you know, it was essentially a special van service trip because a larger van that 
the transit authority where we both worked in Western North Carolina, you know, again, provided a, a contract or a special demand response van service uh, from the soup kitchen area to places of employment. Again, mostly manufacturing, um, you know, textiles or, um, you know, furniture. Um, and then when, when folks who were using the service, you know, again, thinking of transit, public transit as a social safety net, you know, got enough um, income saved up to where they could, you know, you know, make a regular payment on rent and, um, you know, also for a car note, um, you know, they didn't need the van service anymore. That's the best and sometimes the worst things about working in transit is working your way out of a job, isn't it? Right. Yeah. Well, that's um, a good thing. That's that's what we want. And I think that that's really so important to remember um, with public transit is that it it opens doors and it does offer more than just funds or direct support, transit is such a great thing because it offers choice as well as independence. And I think that that really, that improves a lot of quality of life too. Right, because how would you, you know, as an individual, again, especially if you're starting from, you know, without having, starting from without having, you know, the privileges of, you know, a family that's providing you with food on your table, a table, literally, you know, a home. Um, you know, if you're just starting over, um, if you've lost everything, um, you know, you need that, the, those, like you said, those choices that having that, having that option to use the, the bus routes uh, or demand response, the van service to get to, you know, you, you know, that next level of your fulfillment or, you know, that um, access to a new job opportunity. So it's, it's difficult to imagine a world where, you know, there's equity without, you know, those basic building blocks. I agree. I wholeheartedly agree because transit being that conduit and I am, I hate, I choke all the time. I, my, my best friend who was someone I met through working at Greenway, uh, she used to pick on me and call me the Leslie Nope of public transit. <laughs> Um, so it is a little bit of my soapbox. I, I have so much passion there because it's such a great economic generator. It's such a great, just absolute, again, support system. Like you say, it offers communities with the ability to give workers consistent schedules. So I think about that 
when you have maybe refugees come to a city. One of the most important things you would need in those cities is public transit. So that they can also, you know, they can have the ability to work. They can have the ability to have a new life. It, it's not easy, like you said, starting from the ground up. And having a way to get around is is vital for every bit of it. And for people who aren't necessarily transit experts, you know, transit usually goes along with density and, you know, density, you know, buildings and resources and residential communities being close together. You know, that's certainly associated with larger metropolitans like Washington, D.C. or New York City or, you know, Seattle, Washington, you know. And so for rural communities, you know, what would you say, you know, you've talked a little bit about your, um, maybe more than a little bit about your, um, you know, personal background, um, but, you know, rural communities, how can they go about, you know, trying to improve access to transportation, which is access to resources in general? Well, a good example of rural communities growing and providing more access to resources and while I would like to see that project grow further, it's those Morganton routes that we worked on. That community really came together and noticed that their citizens needed the ability to reach substance uh, misuse counseling. They recognized that they had a mental health crisis going on. They recognized that they had an unemployment problem and that they had a very vulnerable senior population. And these communities came together, the senior centers, the community college, the local hospital, and community foundations, they really work together hard to build an alliance of agencies that cared about having access to resources. And in that coalition, working with the council governments, it was really quite incredible what we did accomplish in that time. And I was honored to continue in your stead after you, you know, changed jobs and departed from the Transit Authority. And I was privileged to have the position you had and be the partnerships and outreach manager. And, you know, to provide some context, uh, Morganton is a city of about, I think it's a around 10,000, 12,000 residents. Uh, so a relatively small community. 
And it's within a county that has several smaller municipalities kind of grouped together in the more of the central part of the part of the geographic area. And like you said, it has it has a lot of high need residential communities, seniors who don't have access to transportation, but because it's they're living in again a smaller community, there wasn't necessarily a robust public transit bus route. So the community foundation of the county, which was headed by someone who had great fortitude and perseverance, I guess is the best way to put it. And new passion. Yes. Passion for service. And she told me she was actually from Baltimore, Maryland, I believe. So, you know, knew what a more comprehensive public transit system and access to resources look like. So, and because she was also a political, uh, involved in politics and the political scene of the county and knew all the stake, all the leaders and, um, you know, she got everyone together in one room, basically, of, uh, around the time, you know, when, uh, of 2018, I believe, or 2017, and, and they all sat down at a table and said, we need access to transportation and the nonprofits, the human service providers, you know, uh, are here are saying that the populations they serve are not able to, you know, reach our services because they don't have a vehicle. And so the municipalities, the Council of Governments, which is like a chamber of commerce for local jurisdictions and private donors, the hospital system and the county all chipped in. And there was some federal grants as well that helped to provide for several bus routes in the county that still exist and, you know, have evolved into a microtransit project, which is, again, like we discussed before, sort of combining having a regular bus route, but also the advantages of also having, you know, demand response so that the vehicles have a little bit of uh, leeway, you know, can deviate off the bus routes a little depending on, you know, someone calling in or, you know, on an app, a digital app, you know, selecting a bus, uh, uh, a destination and, you know, where they are as long as they live within, you know, you know, a set distance from the bus routes. So I think that um, is a great example of a community coming together in a grassroots way and building itself up to provide for each other. I agree. I agree. I love what Burke County came together and did for their citizens because it is impressive to me how how much it changed. I I saw once the routes did get started, it was they were I saw people riding them almost every time I was in Morganton. And I'm sure you had a call or two. Every once in a while you get the call, oh, the bus is empty. <laughs> but I didn't see that a whole lot in Morganton. 
And it was good. It, it was a great thing that they came together and, and gave that to their citizens. And I think it also shows, again, how a community can, you know, there are all the, all the pieces of the puzzle that you need to, to create equity, to create access, you know, are, are, are there, the nonprofits and human service, the health providers, the transit authority, which most municipalities and across the United States have a, some sort of regional or local transit authority, local government, private business, you know, if, if we all work together to sit down and take time for each other and discuss things and, you know, be productive and have, have the right motivation in our heart to help other people, and help ourselves, you know, we would, our country, you know, it could be solved at a local level. It, it really is in, I feel like I almost need a rainbow stretching between my hands that says collaboration. <laughs> That's, that, that is everything when it comes to community building and building up, you know, just your fellow man. And I think you can break it down to yourself as well. I One thing that I really love about our story that I don't want to go without making sure I mention is how you ended up in the role of the mo mobility manager. So after our very positive interactions on Twitter, I began to take notice of how you treated your community. It was visible that you had passion for Hickory. And <laughs> Hickory is a small town, small town USA. But we have deep history. We have a wonderful community and this is home to me. So seeing somebody else have passion for my little, almost creepy, wonderful town, <laughs> it, it built a relationship seeing you positive, positively influence others around me. And you worked with the the nonprofit. Um, um, I apologize, Aaron. It was like Worldwide Gifts, right, or something. Unique Worldwide Gifts. Yeah, it was. That was it. Uh, it was a fair trade shop that sold products that have been justly uh, or produced in a just in environment for the workers, and they were paid a fair wage. And you know it was along one of the the bus routes on Highway One Hundred and Seven North, and so I believe I you know was trying to promote both fair trade and public transit at the same time, and saying, "Hey, you should go here, Hickory," using a hashtag, and you know hoping that 
you know, the, the five people from Hickory on Twitter, you know, would pick up on it and I'll go shop at Unique World Gifts on uh, Route 1 of the bus uh, routes in Hickory. Um, and, you know, I don't know how many people that actually materialized got, in the door because got, of that, but. It, one was me. I actually <laughs> did. I actually did go to that shop off of 127, I think it is, right? Yeah, Highway 127 North. Yeah, I, I, I did. I rode the bus there, too, because I was doing a dot uh, hide and seek up the road. And I did. I checked out Unique World Gifts. So you can say that you absolutely did get me. But it wasn't just that. It was then your um, your engagement when you worked for the local history museum. And we got to work together. You actually got to be, so you went from the winner of my very first promotion to we got to be in a, we did a video together <laughs> for the History Museum. We were promoting the History Museum and that the bus went there. And we had a lot of positive um, engagement. And I could tell you had passion for the community. And my executive director, the same that you had the privilege to work under as well. She had told me previously to keep my eye out. We did service four counties and that she would eventually want to hire another mobility manager. And to keep an eye out while I was out and about in the community for someone really like you, someone who had heart and passion for our area and so I already had my eyes on you at the by the time you made it to the history museum and when my life changed and I decided that it was time for me to leave Greenway to try new things and go back to school I knew you were exactly the person to refer and that's why I wanted to reach out to you because I knew that you had, you had personal experience, you had personal love and passion for what we were doing and you, you really cared about the community. It's, it's what you gave back to the community that made you shine. And it was, it's been such a rewarding experience from day one. And from day one, I thank you a million times over for recommending me for the position. And, you know, it was the start of a career in public transit that's continued to Washington, D.C. that, you know, I have you to thank for. And so... I've been meaning to tell you that I need my squishy metro bus, <laughs> sir. That could, be arranged. That. <laughs> that could be arranged. <laughs> we do give out a lot of Metro branded swag and freebies in our community outreach. So I will make sure to have that for you the next time you come visit. I, I really, I look forward to it. I hope to come check out DC and get to learn and ride the Metro myself. That's kind of something I make a goal anywhere I travel. I want to ride the transit and experience it. I'm, I'm such a nerd and 
thank goodness my husband loves me and tolerates me and enjoys this about me. When we were in Philadelphia, we got to ride SEPTA. Uh, we rode the transit in Seattle. Anywhere I go, I want to get on the bus and ride around. That's the first thing I want to do. And I am right there with you. Anytime I go somewhere, I make sure to get a bus or rail pass and just kind of see where it goes till the end of the line and then make a friend. I've done that many times since I studied in England and Ireland for graduate and undergraduate school. And, you know, you just never know who you're going to meet. And, you know, like my interactions with you, it could spring into something that's a full-time career for the rest of your life so you never really know yeah and I, I mean one of my first friends i made on on the bus when i was a kid i mean it may have been riding to school but it's about that distrust for the person sitting next to you you know and just in humans in general. It's kind of a, I guess, an unusual thought, but as weird and as nerdy as my love for transit is, I believe it's a great social motivator. I really believe it is something that gives back tenfold what it costs. It's the literal vehicle to your dreams to achieving your potential and sometimes the community space to to find the human resources you need to to achieve those dreams in my case and so i'm i'm just so glad that that it exists i i am too and i want to see it promoted i want to see it um I wanted to see people aware that they have options, especially in this country. We do have a lot of public transportation options. And that it's not as scary as it may seem. I, the first time I rode the bus, I was 17. I was going to pick up some glasses. I had never ridden a public bus like this before. I was absolutely terrified. I was an incredibly shy kid. But once I learned how to read the bus map and the bus driver was friendly and helpful, I gained the confidence to really gain the keys to whatever I wanted to do. And it led me to finish my high school diploma. It led me to go to college. It led me to my first career. It led me to Greenway because I loved what it represented. And my my husband, my husband gets me tickled because he says that he he has a firm appreciation, I think, for my nerdiness when it comes to transit. And he said, transit wins wars. And I, I think that it is uh, can also 
stop that a lot as well. I think it can, I think it can stop a, a lot of the strife and things that we experience when we have the ability to reach the resources we need. Exactly. And, you know, I think that our conversation today is, is, is a great example of using public transit to not only achieve our dreams, but, you know, being an advocate for it and helping other people achieve their dreams by, you know, wanting to expand it, wanting to promote it, wanting to make it seem less intimidating to those especially those who struggle with access so i really appreciate you taking the time to talk about you know your favorite topic my favorite topic our favorite shared public a passion um which is public transit <laughs> it's very exciting it is <laughs> well, thank you so much, Amelia. And again, this is Change Cafe, an open chat about opportunity. And we hope you have learned something about access and, you know, maybe it jogs something in your mind about, you know, helping other people or, you know, resources that you haven't used before that may be useful in the future. So like, subscribe share with a friend and uh, we'll see you next time.